Good afternoon. This is Nemo, the host of the Afro-Brit Rambling Show. Just to remind you, I'm an Afro-Brit, a Kenyan Brit, born in England, raised in Kenya and back to the UK. That has been my home for almost 22 years in which I have evolved as a woman, become more open-minded, but still stuck in the processes of the tradition, as I call it, and shifting as I grow in a multicultural society. I know today I was supposed to talk to you about the depression and grief, but I'm not in a perfect place because I've had a weekend where I missed my sister so much that it would be unfair for me to be wobbling. Though, even when I do the depression state of grief, I will probably wobble because it has been a challenge. As you know, my book Wounded, Diary of a Nameless Woman that deals with trauma is available on Amazon. And if you ever need a copy, give me a call and we will see how we can get it to you or send you the link. Hold on a minute, I need to get myself situated. Then let's talk about the friends that come around us during the times of grief. Hey, it's me. I'm back. I just tried to get myself situated in this muggy evening. So, we're going to talk about the friends that come to help during a loss. As I was thinking about this, I thought about the story of the four young men who took their paralytic friend to Jesus. Getting to the house Jesus was in, they found that there was no room to get the man in and their doors were so full. People were there waiting to be healed, to hear from Jesus. These four friends were so determined and they decided, no, we're not going to go back. We're going to get our friend to get healed. So they took a ladder and four of them carried their paralytic friend to the rooftop. They subsequently opened the rooftop and lowered their friend to Jesus so that he could be healed. Jesus was so shocked that people would go so far. He said, your faith has healed you. Was it the faith of the friends or the faith of the paralytic man? I've had a lot of thought about it and I thought about the friends that lifted us up and took us to the rooftop and lowered us in the foot of Jesus in the moment of our crisis. When I was thinking about this, I thought about the sequence of getting the news. So mommy got news from her friend in LA. My brother got the news from his friend in LA. Mom told my dad, it's probably about seven in the morning. My brother, I think, subsequently told my sister. And by 7.26 Nairobi time, 
which is 526 British summertime I knew that my sister had passed on I still remember that time and nothing will ever be taken away from that time because it is that time that the biggest shock hit our family these are some of the things and the thoughts that I've had it's now six months since Jean has gone and I hope that you can use them if you lose a loved one or if your friends lose a loved one and I'm talking about nucleus I haven't dealt with the other losses like jobs and and losing yourself I believe and I am confident of this that the first 48 hours should be left only to the family the reason being is the family has just been hit with a huger shock ironically I always ask myself we know we're gonna die why is it shocking is it we live in that some limbo pretending that death doesn't happen but in reality with my little sister she was the baby and of course we live with this preconditioning that our parents go first the baby is the one who lives the longest but the baby decided to walk into the great white room my dad called me at 526 I had just been discharged from hospital the night before and my best friend called me at 529 and she was so sorry I'd lost my sister but she made the catastrophic mistake of asking me what happened and I lost it and I told her my sister died On a normal day, I wouldn't have been so blunt, and I understood what she was asking me. But literally, my axis and my time was shaken. So asking me that question at that time was not appropriate. So if at any time somebody tells you, go stand by X, Y, Z, this has happened, stand by them and keep quiet. We all know what has gone on. The semantics of what happened should not be discussed with anybody outside the family within a given period of time because the family is trying to understand what has happened, especially like my sister, which was a sudden death. The next thing was don't rush at people. I got a phone call from my London sister saying they were coming to my house at 7 o'clock. I'm the kind of person, because of my personality, I need space whenever I hear some things. And it's something that everybody knows, but I don't know why they ignore it. I need space to catch my breath, because at that point I've inhaled and I need to breathe. And. I told my sisters not to come until midday. There were two reasons I needed to wail the wail of a mother who has lost a child. 
because the grief and the shock that I felt, I felt it to the core of my bones. And I do cry in front of people, but this is a very private pain. This is a pain between me and God. My sisters, my sister and my brother, my brother-in-law, my sister, and my dad and my mom had each other. I had nobody. But at that moment, I needed to be there, but I couldn't travel. 11 o'clock, I had a therapy session. All I did was cry and cuss out like a sailor. Then I washed my face and I was ready to face the universe. My London sisters came. We talked, we prayed. I kept information at minimum and got the statement. Call us if you need anything. Now, I always wonder why people tell people, call us if you need anything. I'm pretty sure you know that I'm going to need something or the person you're dealing with needs something. Food, water, a phone call. Why do I need to call you to get help? Stop this statement. Call me if you need anything. If you need to help, help. If you don't, keep quiet. Because that is a very facetious statement that we use to cop out of doing anything. The next statement, it is well. It is true. As Christians, we live in the hope of the resurrection. And I am confident I will see my little sister when my time comes. But at that point, it is not well. I am losing a very huge part of me, my best friend, my confidant, my homie. There is nothing well, because from that day forth, I cannot pick up the phone and call and say, hey, do you know what happened? Did you watch 90 Days Fiancé? Oh my God, that I will not have again. Not until I see again. Refrain from the Christianese. There is a time and place to speak Bible. Even Jesus did not do that. I think we live in a generation that is holier than Jesus. It is well, has a time and place. The next thing is the information that is given out. The family always has to take the lead. In my family, they were immediate aunts who had to be told. They are three my dad's sisters and my and that is auntie virginia auntie sarah and auntie jean those are my immediate aunts and my mother's sisters auntie edith and auntie lois those are the first people who get told plus my initial cousins my nuclear cousins then once those have been told we then tell the rest of the world plus the church plus the ministers and that allows us to control how the information was. As a family, we're very private. But also, Jean was extremely private. And one of the things that we were clear on is that her dignity had to be the point at which we dealt with anything. Not that Jean had anything to hide, no. But it was important 
that we do it as Jean had asked us to do. Anything if she passed on. We were lucky, I say that with quotes, it was COVID. Because COVID meant that we could not have the daily meetings that are common within the African tradition. So there was one meeting, one prayer meeting organized by my sister and uh, our friends turned up, our cousins turned up, did the prayer meeting and that was that and they took off to the States. My brother's friends, Jean's friends, took over way before my brother and my sister turned up. They had made sure Jean was in the right home, she was taken care of, they started fundraising way beyond I think what we expected my friends were there I just said oh XYZ sent money XYZ sent money and I'm sitting thinking wow you know um, by the time January 19th reached she was sent she was sent a very sent home with a very beautiful commemoration service Forest Lawn treated my sister with so much dignity I will forever be grateful for that this is why it's important even now to state your wishes very early and what you want because then that helps the family and your friends to do what you want before you pass the next year was the Kenyan friends my sister's friends my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law were there at the front and my auntie Ronnie well, my sister big sister Ronnie my big sister Ronnie was there take care of dad talk to him spend time with him for some odd reason they fell in love with each other as son and daughter uh, father and daughter and we went on about it they made sure he ate they made sure their kids were taken care of my sister's home was continuing running I realized now six months later just cause Jean passed, the rhythm of the world did not stop. For us, it stopped. But my, my niece had to go to school. My nephews had to go to school. And so they were friends who stepped in into different homes to make sure everything was still running smoothly. I'll never be grateful for those who stepped in, especially my sister Mugure's friends, because by the time they returned, in order to do the service at All Saints Cathedral that was handled by a young man who went to Sunday school with Jean, who had now become a priest. The send-off was serene, beautiful at All Saints Cathedral, which is an old, old cathedral. And Jean was sent off on her birthday, February 4th. And she'd have been 45. In all that is a whole lot of people who come around, and many whom you least you expect. My friend Sharon was the best. She made sure that that when I was watching the funeral in LA, she was up on her laptop and I on WhatsApp, and we were chatting as if we were in the service. My friend Gadoni was one of the first people who sent money. Another friend of mine, Shiko, who I've not met for a long time. We've known each other since we were 
kids was so concerned got in touch with my folks my friend d there were so many people who turned up as like i'm confused but it showed me the power of community the power of the tradition that we want to forget that friends and family have to come together to support each other these are the four friends that took us up the roof when we were down and laid us at the feet of Jesus and we're still trying to wake up from the mat but we wouldn't be where we are without our friends look out for who's around you repair the relationships I'm not saying you're going to need them, but it shows you from the nucleus family to the extended, to the outside world, who will come alongside you in the time of crisis. You have a good evening and you take care. Bye.